Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's on to the Chargers. On to the Chargers. I'm only talking about Chargers. Chargers On to uh, to, where are they now? Los Angeles. On to Los Angeles. On to Los Angeles. (laughs) LSC. Everyone's coping here with an 0 2 Viking start. Everyone had high hopes off a 13 win season. There's still plenty of season left. I mean, it's only two games out of 17, but, you know, only like 9% of 0-2 teams go on to make the playoffs. So they're facing that uphill climb here. This is a feedback Friday on a Saturday, gentlemen, because the weird is uh, the, the week is weird and wonky with the Thursday game. Uh, it's presented by TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, always stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs, too. They offer mobile products, audio devices, and home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. You can learn more at TCL.com. Let's get right to the feedback here, shall we? We collect all of your comments, questions, concerns, critiques. We get to as many of them as possible every week. Uh, We try to make Purple Daily and Vikings Ventline the most fan-friendly and interactive show where you guys are coming on Ventline, you're coming on Write That Down, you're sending us stuff on Feedback Friday, and uh, we just love you guys being a part of this community here, especially when we all need therapy, like right now. So Ryan Cruz says, I don't care what anyone says. This team looks really good. The defense makes plays we literally never saw last year. Them poor bleepers were gassed by the second half, and the Eagles knew it. At one point in the first half, I swear... We forgot we had an offense. The offense literally looks like it can move the ball almost at will through the air. The only thing is some of these, I got to prove something players are trying to get too cute. Honestly, if we quit making Butterfingers commercials during the game and quit fumbling and Osborne would just focus on catching the rock instead of trying to focus on making a play after the catch, we would be almost unstoppable. So let's, let's peel back the layer here of this team does look pretty good in some certain parts. So how much can we take from that? Well, I think you can take something from it, but I, I think the key thing is through two games, it's errors and inconsistency, right? Uh, n- now, I will say this, and we talked about this on the Live Purple Daily that we did on Friday. Uh, I am concerned that the run defense got exposed on Thursday night to the point where it's going to be a problem now because that's on film, and I don't know how quickly you can fix that. And if you do fix that, is it going to come at the expense of the pass defense, which, yeah. you know... Brian Flores, I give him a lot of credit. He's doing exactly what we 
thought Donatel would do, which is he's getting creative with things. It doesn't always work. But I think two things are true here. One is this offense, there is no reason why it can't be consistently explosive. I think they're going about it at times the wrong way. I would like to see more creativity from O'Connell and scheming guys open. But Kirk's off to a good start. Yes, he has fumbled twice and thrown a pick, but he also has played well. I, I don't. I certainly don't blame him for what transpired on Thursday in Philadelphia. And the consistency is key. And I think we've also seen that this team has done enough where if they can clean some of this crap up, they could have won both games. It's weird because the errors and the mistakes make both games, at least at some point in time, it feels like, man, they really lost that that game. But then if you look at the final scores and the opportunities, they could have won both those games. And in this league, you know, that margin, you guys, is incredibly close. Like, if you go into games being like, this is going to be a high-flying circus and we're going to look perfect, this is the wrong sport. This is the wrong sport. So I do agree all hope is not lost, but when it comes to the offensive and defensive lines, I have real fears that by not improving them more in the offseason, it's going to continue to bite you in the ass now. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I think the defense, I'm trying to pull up at least like first quarter stats just through the first two games of small sample size, but it seems like the first quarter of both games so far against the Bucks and Eagles, the Vikings defense has done its job and then some. They gave up the big play, obviously, the 50-yard bomb um, in, against the Eagles. But after that, they were stout. They stopped them. They had red zone stops. They were they did all the things they were supposed to do. And I'm trying to weigh, is the defense being out there for so long just being eventually exposed? And they're out there for so long, you get tired. It's hard to play defense for that amount of time. And also, at the same time, is Brian Flores coming up with a really good scripted game plan early? And are things going off the rails because he doesn't have any counterpunch, and again, or is it just that they're on the field for so much during by the end of the first half where they're just gashed? So it's a even with just the two games, I think there's been good signs in the defense, but I still have some questions remaining on it if it can be taken seriously or not. Yeah, and realistically, this we expected this defense to be certainly more aggressive and entertaining to watch, and just completely different stylistically. It wasn't going to go from 31st in yardage to third. So they're yeah. going to have the, especially against really good offenses, they're, they're going to have some clunker games or some clunker halves. They're not just going to be, oh, lights out, now you're the Jets defense overnight. There's too many young and experienced players. There's not enough great talent among the down linemen. Um, on the offensive front, man, they've been able to carve the ball through the air. And it's amazing. They've, they've had two passing touchdowns taken away at the goal line in the first two games. K.J. Osborne with the interception, the back shoulder throw that everyone's debating whose fault was it. And then Justin Jefferson catches that pass and fumbles to the back of the end zone. So, the, And they're still scoring points. I mean, they're, they're moving the ball through the air at will. They can't run the ball. But who is stopping that trio of weapons, meaning when I say trio, I mean Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, T.J. Hawkinson, and now K.J. Osborne's off to a kind of a bad start. But as your fourth option, or if at some point Jalen Naylor becomes your fourth option or whoever, they've got some guys to throw to. And so, yeah, there is there is some stuff to hang your hat on here. And they got to get a win pretty quickly or it's not going to matter. That's the problem. (laughs) And if you can start to run, because right now the Vikings are trying to and they should run play action, but it's not being it's not respected. Yeah. But if they start to have a semblance, I'm not even talking really good. I'm talking a semblance of a run game. 
those receivers become even more dangerous. And so, like, there are things. The one thing, and this is a stat that some I know some fans hate, but I feel like the eye test and the actual stat in the stat sheet from Thursday um, um, correlates here, corresponds here. Time of possession, okay? Time of possession in that game on Thursday. Philadelphia, 39-28. Vikings, mm. 20-32. And to Declan's point, when you're continually putting your defense back out there and out there and out there, and they're not great to begin with, yeah, that's a huge ask. But I feel like that's one where if you can't run the ball, you can't possess it. Yep. And that's not even talking about the fact that they fumbled the ball away four times. That's just uh, you've got to eat up clock with the run game. And through two games, it's been hopeless. John Jackson says, hey, there's been a lot of talk calling for Kwesi's head over bad drafts. I believe his first draft seems to be a bust, but here's something to think about or ponder, if you will. Pun intended. Don't, don't use that word. Kwesi was hired. He had to hire a head coach, put together a staff while leaving some of Rick's staff in place, Rick Spielman's staff. He had to do all of this and prepare for the draft in less than two months. I believe he probably uh, relied on Rick's scouts and all the reports they had. He definitely failed this past offseason to fix the O-line, but he's dealing with cap issues, so I'm not ready to call for his firing yet. We need to give him a few years to at least judge his drafts and free agent signings. I will say one thing here where I disagree with John here. First of all, of course, you're, you're not going to like fire all the scouts and hire new scouts in the two weeks leading up to the draft. That's that, that's unrealistic. So, of course, you're going to keep some of Rick's staff. To act like, well, I mean, he had Rick Spielman's scouts in the room. Therefore, they're all just incompetent idiots. Like, no, I mean, those are NFL scouts. And Rick Spielman did have some good moments in the draft. Rick, Rick Spielman was not a bad drafter. He had a couple bad drafts here and there. But some of the ta- Rick Spielman nailed Christian Derrissaw, Justin Jefferson, Daniil Hunter. I mean, he knows what he's looking at a little bit. And those to act like those scouts are well, I mean, Quasi failed because of Rick's scouts. You know, those are not bad scouts. Okay, Quasi also traded back from twelve to thirty-two, and That's got a like string Rick cornerback. Like Rick <laughs> didn't come in and say you got to trade back. Like if you're going to do that and get cute, that's fine, but it's got to work to a certain degree and when when really your first three picks of an entire draft into year two are either can't play or are considered by us unplayable yeah i'm not going to blame spielman i mean that draft i've tried to be patient but we talked about this on vent line after the game on thursday i mean at some point in time you just say my god you aren't getting anything they won't put lewisine in a football game meanwhile kyle hamilton continues to be one of the best young safeties in the yeah. NFL for the Baltimore Ravens. And you could have just had, if you wanted to draft a safety in the first round, you could, I get what Quasey was thinking as well. Okay. If we're going to draft a safety in the first round, maybe we can pick up an extra like second round pick or whatever it is. And then he would probably say, well, it's, it's unlikely that both scene and booth, or I can't remember like which pick they used on who, but let's say scene and booth with both uh, or Ingram, whatever would both be busts, but they are. So you can, can you can say, you know, well, it was a statistical or uh, market oddity that that happened, but it was the right process. Well, at the end of the day, like, you need good football players, and right. you're not going to be able to sit in a room with the Wolves after a third draft or something and say, but but our process was on point. Well, okay. and, and in what process do you take a safety then? Like, if you had taken Hamilton at 12, I think that would have upset some, but he was clearly the best in that class, right? So so he was a what I would consider to be a known commodity. But okay, so you go back to 32 and you still take a safety? 
Yeah. That's not a position I'm drafting a first-round pick at unless I'm sure that guy might be headed to Canton. Yeah, we've talked about this too. Like, safeties and guards, obviously right. positions are – you need all positions in football, but safeties and guards early in the draft, God, if you whiff on those – Mm. Get me worked up on a Saturday. Here I was going to have a good day. Now I'm just pissed. It's funny you're wearing the same thing you wore on Friday, too. Yeah, you know what? I haven't slept. I, haven't I, don't, I don't sleep. <laughs> Not after losses. It's on to the Chargers. It is interesting, though, from the Kwesi side, because like, when you're looking at analytics, and I feel like, obviously, Billy Bean with the A's is kind of the, and the A's in general are the poster boy for Moneyball, and it turned into a film and all this stuff. No, but Billy Bean was a washout first-round pick that was a huge bust but was a baseball player who then had a limited cap space and had to figure out how to maximize talent for cost per dollar. He hires what, it's a Paul De, De Podesta. De Podesta as kind of being the more analytically, definitely driven guy that could be convinced that, no, you should actually be looking at this type of stuff. It's just a very interesting approach because the Vikings kind of have the opposite. They have the analytics nerd who didn't play football on the top and then they have Ryan Grigson, who is a general, former general manager that kind of flamed out too. It just—I don't know if the order of operations is the best way to go about that in that situation. It's still early, but I do find that two differences to be pretty stark. Would okay? Would you guys right now, if I said you have to pick one or the other to lead this front office for the next three years, and the and that person has to be in charge going forward, would you rather have Quasi or Rick Spielman? Uh-huh. I thought you were gonna say Grigson because I, I was gonna say Quay. No, I, gonna I don't say, need. need I, I, do I don't. I don't think Grigson. I don't think you're elevating Grigson. Maybe <sighs> I don't know, but man, man, because <laughs> you're kind of take. I mean, Rick Spielman went into work on a Monday in January, and he thought we, yeah. me and the Wolves, are gonna fire Mike Zimmer today, and we are gonna pick a new yeah. coach. Yeah, and and he lost his job too. It was the final scene in The Departed. But if you could give the, the toxic relationship was Zimmer and Spielman, and Zimmer's gone. Spielman, I don't know that people were like wringing their hands to fire Spielman as much as they were Zimmer at the end of that run. They probably weren't. The fan base, I think, was glad to see him go. But yeah, I mean, he did show up for work that day, expecting. In fact, he had started the coaching search. Which yeah. I don't think would have been Kevin O'Connell if it had been Rick. But what do you uh, think? I think it would have been. It wouldn't have been Harbaugh either, probably. Well, it would have been. You know, would would have been. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Doug Peterson. But then Doug Peterson had a chance to go work with Trevor Lawrence, and yeah, it no, might have been say, game over. I'll take Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. All right. Uh, Joe Joe Brown says. By the way, I think I'd take Spielman. I think I'd take Spielman. I just I don't like either choice. I don't know which one I take <laughs> at this point. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. A lot of fans are calling for Quasi's head over the draft from two years ago. I, however, do not put the scene and and booth picks on Quasi. I put them on old Ed Donichel. I think Quasi gives the coaches a lot of say in the draft. KOC clearly got his way with Addison and Jaron Hall. 
Compare the defensive players picked under Donatel versus the defensive players picked and signed under Flores. I think Flores identified these players. Think about Ivan Pace and some other guys. But if that's the case, if you're saying, okay, uh, Ed, tell us who to pick in the first, second rounds. And then you're moving on from that scheme after one year. It's still just like a... It wasn't uh, Donatel. Booth was them. Booth was, they They said the odds are a kid who I believe his injury history, if I'm not mistaken, went back to high school. They basically said, we think he'll stay healthy. And yep. he hasn't yet. And he's not played well. Um, you know what, though? So if Donatel had a say in a safety, my guess is he would have told Quazy, Kyle Hamilton at 12, right? Yeah. So, no, this is on Quazy. This is not like we can do all the mental gymnastics that we want. This is on Quazy. Elliot Hicks says, are the problems in the run game due to poor run blocking or do the Vikings need to look into a new running back before the trade deadline? I love Madison. I know he was signed with the intention of being RB1, but he hasn't shown he can be productive and Jonathan Taylor is looking really appealing. And then Brad and Vadness Height says, if we aren't tanking, go get Leonard Fournette. He's affordable. We need a real running back. And then get 3M to create a sticky solution for our turnover woes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, would you, Leonard Fournette, I mean, well, there's a difference between trading for Jonathan Taylor and signing Leonard Fournette. Yes. I would be open to signing Leonard Fournette. Hell, Kareem Hunt. They had him in for a workout, too. Yeah, they've considered it. Yeah. Um, so that um, this is why I want to hear Boone's breakdown. I want I want an expert to tell me how much of this is on whom. Yeah. Like, I, that's what I don't know. And I'm not saying, I mean, Madison's off to a terrible start, so I'm not trying to absolve him. But the run game has a lot of components to it. And I'm just curious, you know, if you plugged Fournette in, does he get a lot more yards per game? Is the blocking not sufficient? You know, I, I have to think, because if I'm not mistaken, Phil, Bradbury grades out pretty well in the run game, correct? It was the yeah. pass protection where he is... I got to think Schlotman is falling well short of where Bradbury was. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of things here. But, I mean, Booney can tell us for sure what's what. But, you know, this run game is unworkable right now. That so, maybe know. maybe what we do is I'm going to make a note because I'll be cutting some of this. Because oh, Boone will join us on Monday for a little trenches action. Do you guys want to just do, like, a, a run game cut up? Just let's let's look at. I know yeah, that they they're hear. moving the ball through the air, but what if we just looked at, I don't know, eight run plays that aren't working? Why aren't they working? Well, that's, yes, and that's all run plays basically, right? Yeah, they've only run twenty six. Well, just pick your run. Just pick the run plays and be like, hey, Rhino, why does this suck? All right, run game cut up for Boone. Putting it on my little to do list here. All right, uh, feedback Friday on a Saturday continues with Ivan Wilson sitting here with a belly full of Chinese food. From the one and only Wally's, <clears throat> excuse me, in Canby, Oregon. Hold on. Sure. My voice is hanging by a thread here. What happened? To <sighs> there we go. I'm okay. You scream at TV last night? A little bit. Yep. And allergies. Once the temperature drops for the first time, it's like, yeah, it's just like four ago. days of allergies I'm, for me. I'm, a, I'm better now, but three weeks ago, when, whenever that, that last, was it the joint practice with like that 50 mile an hour gust of wind that 80s. dropped the temperature like 30 in, degrees in 12 yeah. hours, that was my yeah. worst day. So uh, Ivan is sitting with a belly full of Chinese food, trying to digest it, digest it and see what's happening uh, here with the Vikings. I could go many places, uh, but I'll stick with these two. One, what happened to winning in the, the eights, so the final four and the, 
The final four of the first half and the first four of the second half. Yeah, they fumbled wow. in, in the eights twice yesterday. Yeah. And two, is this team soft? S-A-W-F-T, soft. Love your shows, as does my wife. We catch them daily on YouTube. We made a trip with son and daughter-in-law to Minneapolis last year for Thanksgiving in the Patriots game. Had a great time. Looking forward to hitting your draft party next year. Do you, do you guys think this team is S-A-W-F-T soul? The lines are, and that's where it starts. That's where the smash, smash mouth, gritty, in the dirt, you're an S-O-B starts. So, yes, yes, they are. They are soft. The interior of the offensive line is soft. I think there's no question about that. And when you get done to the tune of, hold on a second, wait for it, I have to find it, 259 yards rushing, your defensive line is soft. Yes, I think they're soft. Every run it felt like with Swift and the Eagles on Thursday got to put your hand on the button because I'm about to say at the second level. Every damn time. Cam Bynum had like 15 tackles, you guys. I mean, how many times was a safety wrapping up a running back? Yes, soft. Patrick Jones and Dean Lowry are not working, especially Dean Lowry. What they um, see in Dean Lowry? I he's just no kind idea. of a, he's just a he's a guy, man. He's just like a he's a football player that has played football, and he's on your team. Like that's what James, he is. James Lynch was superior to Dean Lowry. It's not a bad point. Zach Jenner says, "Is it just me, or is the Vikings defense missing that one crazy guy?" Similar to you, I became a Vikings fan in the 90s and watched John Randall on the field. Later, in NFL films, he was just all hype all the time. Uh, Then we had the Williams Wall and crazy Jared Allen hog-tying quarterbacks. And then we went right into Everson Griffin, who may not be a Hall of Famer and uh, wasn't maybe as talented, but he was crazy. Judd can probably (laughs) enlighten me about... The great teams of yesteryear. Dude, uh, well, Keith Millar was crazy back in Keith the 80s. Keith Millar, absolutely crazy. My so arms are, are, we are just lacking your guns. A crazy guy? No, no. what you're lacking is a Haas in the middle of the defensive line. I don't care if he's crazy or not. You're Chris lacking... Holvan was kind of crazy, too, wasn't he? Yeah, and he wasn't that good. But, I mean, you're lacking a, a Jerry Ball. You're lacking what the Vikings need is for a big, big, big man who plays the nose to get cut. So they can claim him and plug him in. Or draft one. Well, but I'm just saying, no, but if for this year, you need a oh. big hoss. You need a guy that can basically eat up space. Gilbert Brown. So you're, gonna, you're, you're hoping that like a fat guy gets cut because he's not good enough and he can come and save the Vikings interior defense. Sometimes fat guys get cut. When, when I was covering the Packers in 2003, I think the Saints had a falling out with a guy by the name of Grady Jackson, just a big, big man. Packers picked him up. Great. You know why? Because he'd stand there and, and you, the A-gap disappeared. <laughs> it, it is funny, though, how in the NFL it's really like one of the few sports you can't just go and find someone off the street yeah. or make an early trade like you can in baseball or hockey or have a yeah. farm system. where you can Baseball's like, oh, our bullpen's shot. Okay, whatever. We'll just trade for three Call relievers at the deadline. Yeah. Or not. Or not. If or you're not. the Twins. Or you just be like, oh, whatever. James Rydell says, I think it's time we get uh, we give Judd his due credit. A majority of, um, wow, University of Minnesota education here. I can read, I promise. A majority of us crowned KOC a great coach at the end of last season. He seemed like he had proven himself. Meanwhile, Judd consistently wanted to wait to decide on KOC. We now know, or we are now at that point. It's easy to look like a good coach when you're winning, 
But now that the chips are down, we can truly see how KOC handles it. In this way, I will view the 0-2 start a blessing. KOC has to accept blame for his failures the last month. I'm actually excited. Let's all learn from the sports dad who's been through this pain more than we will ever know. Yeah, I mean, we we do. And look, I, I go back as recently as 2019 with Rocco Baldelli. In 2019, he looked like a genius. I mean, everything was humming along, Bomba squad, playoff team. We didn't get the first inkling that there might be something amiss, at least a little bit, until the playoff series against the Yankees. So, you know, KFC's not the same personality as, as Baldelli at all, but they're both young, and guys like that aren't going to be perfect. And the thing that I think the parallel is this, and this is the interesting thing I think to watch now, Okay. Mm. Baldelli came in and basically was and did a good job. Players manager, I always felt in 2019, Nelson Cruz ran the clubhouse and Baldelli assisted, but he didn't really have to run it. Yeah. And and he gave everybody leeway. And they seemed to really appreciate that in 19. And as we went on, it felt like at times certain people started to take advantage of that. Kevin O'Connell runs a very similar ship. And he is the anti, and this is very football, anti-Zimmer, right? And so I feel like last year was a breath of fresh air. But, you know, you always, it feels like with guys like that, you always go from, man, it's great to play for you. I love you. I'll, I'll, you know, let's go to war together to, oh, I can get away with this. I can get away with that. And so that's why I think we need to see this progress. Because, you know, at some point in time, it's a cliche, and it might be boring, but accountability can become important. So now what does KOC do? I mean, they have lost seven seven uh, combined fumbles and picks in two games. Yeah, I think I think you have to chop a guy's finger off at the practice. I told you guys what I would chop, do. Did you chop I a guy's you. hand off to send a message? I would Miles not. Gaskin, come over here, buddy. Everybody would get, I told you, everybody would get a football with super glue and for the next 10 days until I surgically remove those footballs. How Everyone, does the super glue help you in a game though? Cause you can't use super glue. Around. No. Cause you know why? Cause the next time, the next time you fumble, whole team's going to do it again. I'm going mean, to, I chop a guy, I chop a guy's arm off yeah. just to, Hey, listen, the ball the is next, the program here. The next series of saws being filmed at TCL performance center right now. Victor, yeah. the Vikings got that, that thing around his neck right now. He's trying to figure out Victor which one, he, which finger he has to cut off so he can get the key that's in his finger to, yep. you know. Sorry, Brandon Powell. Yeah. Sorry, guy. Oh, sorry, buddy. How do you drop that ball? How do you get that ball punched out? Um, you know, if you do still ride with this team and ride with the coach, you can get your cheap plug. I will ride with this group Purple Daily shirts over at scorenorth.com slash shop. That's scorenorth.com slash shop, where you can also find our collectibles wing. Jordan Addison with his second touchdown of the season. We have a signed custom Jordan Addison jersey. Going to Canton. We've got, by the way, uh, I'm told that the Bud Grant autographed framed pictures are not sold out. There was a, a note that they were sold out. They are not sold out. You can get one of those for your man cave, for your office. Scorenorth.com slash shop. Click on collectibles for those items and use uh, promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, at checkout for 10% off courtesy of our friends at Universal Sports Auctions. Uh, Judd, let's also tell the audience how they can get in the best shape or at least get to the best weight that makes them feel good. Oh, that is as 
simple as can be because that is what my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers are going to do for you. Look at that right there. That guy, he had dropped 40 pounds. Dropped 40 pounds, and you can do the exact same. So you know what? All those clothes that don't fit now or the frustration when you look in the mirror and see weight gain, all of that can go away uh, with a program that has, for three consecutive years now, been voted the best weight loss program in the entire state. In the state, three consecutive years. Right now, if you join, by the way, three months for free. That's right, three months for free. You're going to drop weight. You're going to be started on a journey that's going to help you feel good and look good. And the first three months are going to be free. And right now you're saying, tell me more. How do I contact them? It's very, very simple. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. By the way, the entire thing can be done virtually. So if you're a frustrated Vikings fan who's trying to lose weight in Florida, don't despair. Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com is where your weight loss journey is going to start. A freaking men. Caleb Stansberry, he says, can we please talk about why K.J. Osborne is still the number two wide receiver when a blocking tight end has better hands than him? Why are they keeping K.J. on the field when he can't catch unless it's a wide open touchdown? This is a KOC problem. Drop him to third. Put Jordan at two. After watching this game, the turnovers are the biggest problem. Yes, the O-line is bad, but we could still win with it. I mean, at this point, when they run two wide receiver sets, Jordan Addison has to be the second wide receiver, right? This is feeling very reminiscent of the B.C. Johnson over Justin Jefferson thing from three years yeah. ago. Little different circumstance. K.J. was a little more established. I think B.C. was coming off a you know solid rookie season, but should not have had getting, been getting more reps and more targets than Justin Jefferson the first couple games. This feels awfully similar. And K.J. had a hell of a camp. Judd saw that as well. It looked like he was even going to be primed for maybe even another half step forward in his production, but it's pretty clear. K.J. Osborne is mostly just a third wide receiving option on, on any good team. Is him starting the season as the two and Addison being the three, is that an O'Connell thing or is that an O'Connell thing because Kirk likes it? It feels like Kirk has a trust in K.J. and it's like, okay, dude, you know what? That's fine, but this guy is superior. I mean, Jordan Addison, in my opinion, with what we've seen, has the ability to be a star. I'm not saying he's Jefferson, but if this kid can stay on the field, he's doing things that are special. And he makes them look effortless. Um, in the case of BC Johnson over Jefferson, I think that was Zimmer and that whole regime being like, you got to earn it, kid, which is just a stupid thing to say to a potential superstar. But yeah, I don't think Kevin O'Connell offensively is stupid. So I almost feel like this might be, uh, well, you know, Kirk, I really like KJ. I mean, I really trust him. I really trust him. I mean, KJ Osborne can do some things well, but one, he's not a two. They've got a two. Um, I don't know that KJ Osborne is like an improvement on Jarius Wright, who I who I also like. Nice little player. Yeah. But yeah, that's I feel like this is a Kirk Trust thing. I really trust this. You know, guy. I'm gonna lash out right now, you know. So we put our necks on the line every Wednesday. You know, pe- people always know how wrong we are when we do our Wednesday write that down predictions and an accountability session. Yep. People were screenshotting the red incorrect the bloodbath of Wednesday this last week. <laughs> Yeah, saw it going around Twitter. You know, these guys look how wrong they are. (laughs) So we're just out there. We're just exposed for being frauds all the time. One of my least favorite takes from fans around draft time when we were talking about who they should draft in the first round, and we were like, yeah, they could could use a number two receiver. You know, Thielen, cooked, gone, right? Like, who's the number two receiver? And people are like, I mean, K.J. Osborne. 
It's not the noise they make. KJ Osborne's the number two wide receiver. Well, you know, it's it's stupid to draft a wide receiver. It's stupid to draft a wide receiver when you have KJ Osborne as your number two. He's a perfectly fine number two. Not if you want a high octane, high powered, explosive offense. And I think he's going to settle in. I think he's fine as a three. He's just off to a weird start. Jordan Addison is a true number two wide receiver, it appears, right? And now you're sort of seeing the way that he has been able to take the top off the defense in a couple ways. Two post-route touchdowns yep. that were that were nice. I think they were both explosive plays, right? Exactly what they expected from him. So, exactly. so you are wrong, people, that thought we hold you accountable. That's great. That they thought. were screenshotting those. <laughs> oh, my God, mine on the one was just awful. I'm sure that got screenshotted. Yeah, with the tiny font. All Don't forget, in. I'm very sensitive, people. I'm very sensitive. My feelings <laughs> get yourself on top. Yeah. Ben Marsanov says, boys, it's not looking good for the mission statement this season. We just want the Vikings to win the Super Bowl before we die. Makes me start to think about how the Lions look good and can honestly win this division if they keep it up. My question is, if the football gods give us the ultimate screw job and give the Lions a Lombardi before the Vikings, what is the perception of the Vikings going to be as the only team in the division to never have won the Super Bowl? How would you all feel? Oh, my God. I, I need more time to process that question to answer it truthfully. Oh, my God. I mean, if Detroit won a Super Bowl. They're oh more God. likely to win it this year than the Vikings are at this point. Yeah. But I need to process how I would feel. Yeah. There, like, they've won couple... one game. Granted, it was impressive, but it's one game. But if they actually won a Super Bowl, I the therapist would need therapy. Yeah, who does the I, therapist talk to? I don't know who I talk to, but I mean that would be unbelievable. Yeah, it it would uh, it would give me a little bit of optimism, but also rage because yeah. like teams like the Cubs have won a World Series, now the Lions have won a World Series, even pent up Twins frustration. Every team in the AL Central since two thousand five has been to the World Series, but the Twins and everyone wrecked. Oh, the AL Central is terrible. All those teams have gone to the World Series in the last 15, 16 years, and the yeah. Twins haven't even won a GD playoff game during the same stretch with multiple division champions. So there's part of me is like, oh, no, they can do it, but then part of me is also like, God, everyone else is doing it. Why can't we do it? I still, uh, man, like the Lions are not to be taken lightly, but I still have a really hard time. You know how it's if you, if you start to envision like, could you envision a Timberwolves player holding up an LOB at the end of the NBA season? It's it's like hard to even process what that looks yeah, like. No, not yet. I can't. It's hard to process a Lions player holding up a Super Bowl trophy. And it might be hard for the Vikings, too, but it's it's easier for the Vikings because they've at least come close a bunch of times. You know, the Lions have not come close really uh, ever. I mean, the absolute. The absolute rage factor of the Detroit Lions going to a Super Bowl for the first time in their franchise history and holding that trophy up in the Vikings. Um, I mean, I need a lot of time to process this. Okay, this one comes from, uh, it doesn't come directly to the show, but Declan saw this one from a friend of the show, Mike Greenberg, this week. So there was a Tampa Bay Rays player, I think it was against the Twins, actually. That Yeah, he suffered a testicular contusion. I was there for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was there blood? No, no. He oh. fouled the ball. I think it hit home plate, bounced up, hit hit him hit in plate. the hit him in the testicle, and um, he stayed in the game actually. I think for a little while before and he ran he, out. Didn't he run yeah. out to first on the ground ball? Yeah, it was uh, Diaz, right? Oh. I think it was the first God. baseman, Yandy Diaz, who's a who's a nice player with a bruised ball. 
So uh, Greeny said, would you rather? So Greeny's favorite team is the Jets, and this is after they lost Aaron Rodgers to a torn Achilles. Would you rather suffer a testicular contusion yourself or lose your starting quarterback to an Achilles injury in a season in which you think your team can win the Super Bowl? Not even close for me. Bye, Kirk. <laughs> not even not even close. I'm not. But no, what if I'm, it was like, what if you were the, what if you're the Buffalo Bills and it's, well, they got beaten Chiefs, week one. The, the Chiefs and Mahomes. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. Going you already have pain. two, though. With, I guess with that's them, right. Yeah, know. the Bills one's probably better, I guess, yeah. Two uh, just oh. throw me in the trash if I have a testicular contusion. I'm I'm good. I I I do not want to even experience that. Uh, that sounds like the worst pain. It gives you the willies. It literally gives well, you the willies just thinking about it. Don't forget about Garver though. That was way worse. He he had to go in for surgery. Yeah. When Garver took the foul ball to the groin while catching in Baltimore. Yeah, man. And he was lost for a long time, and he had to have, sur- like, immediate surgery. Yeah. He also had had have a vocal cord surgery, too. Hey, guys, uh, uh, nice day at the dude, ballpark here today. Hey. Dude, dude there's, it's just We're going to win no, Twins. No, no. Trade it to Texas. What are you talking about? Uh, Greg Littleton says, I love the Vikings vent line after Vikings games. Would you guys consider doing something similar after Twins games during the playoffs or after critical games and series during the season? Thanks for bringing back the Score North Twin Show. Listen, Vikings fans, if you are also a Twins fan, and I know that Venn diagram overlaps quite a bit here, maybe not as much as we thought. There's a lot of Vikings fans that are just Vikings fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if that Venn diagram overlaps for you, we have brought back the Score North Twin Show a couple months ago, Apple, Spotify, Score North YouTube channel. And yes, for the playoff games, we will absolutely be doing a Twins vent line on our other YouTube channel. And uh, you can find it on demand on the uh, Scorner Twin Show. So we're we're here for you. We are listen, we're certified therapists across multiple different fields here. Football, Vikings, Twins as needed. Although if the Twins lose, Declan might just melt down entirely. It'll be Declan Ventline, just uh, a yeah. live cam in his I feel home like Declan's studio. investment in Twins playoff games is probably the highest of anyone on the show for any particular team. That yep. I I have no I, th- I think I know why. I shouldn't say I don't know why. I just get so hyped for playoff baseball, and especially when it's your team. The stakes are so high. The tensity is at an all-time high. I am a horrible person and individual myself during those games. The worst version of myself So how about Vikings Twins playoff, playoff games? Game. No. Fine. I mean, the intensity Fine. of those is... Pretty damn and, high. and while I guess wild like the wild have won one playoff games and I'm definitely frustrated and they're not at the the twins level but I mean they've lost like mm. seven straight first round series but they they know how to win a playoff game and it doesn't I don't get as angry at, at the wild even though they've oh. also disappointed me there's just something about playoff baseball that turns mm. me into the worst version of myself they're really excited to see this play out here in a couple of weeks I've starting seen two first week in October World series so I'm good. That's nice. Good for you. I'm good. Happy for you. I've seen two celebrations. I'm I'm all good. And the Declan hasn't. I was alive for the first two World Series, but I don't remember 87. I vaguely remember 91. So I'm, I don't, but I don't like ride or die. And the, like my emotions are pretty even keel after having been bludgeoned for 18 straight playoff games. I sort of, I go in bracing and knowing, oh, I'm, I'm going to get slapped and it's going to be fine. We'll, we'll come out of it and try again in game two. Um, 
Or you could just go play the lottery instead. You go Minnesota lottery, Vikings scratch off tickets. That's a good way to have fun. Pass the time between football games. And guess what? The, the Vikings might have let you down on Thursday, but with their scratch game, you have a chance to help the Vikings or help yourself have the Vikings make you a winner. You could win up to $100,000 or second chance prizes, including season tickets or an away game trip. That is officially exciting. The Minnesota Lottery, just say I'm in, must be 18 or older to play. So again, the Vikings let you down Thursday, but give them a second chance with that scratch game from the Minnesota Lottery. Hey, give Federated a chance as well. If you're a business owner out there, Federated is all about helping you elevate and maximize your business through risk management tools and resources. They believe their value is measured by the success of their clients. So Federated is here as a guiding hand, as a great offensive line for your business, matriculating down the field of business and life. Federatedinsurance.com to find uh, a full list of all the industries they specialize in. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. There is your Feedback Friday on a Saturday. Uh, we'll have Purple Access, Judd and Chipper, or Tyler, on Sunday. Uh, Tyler? Four. Tyler Fornis from uh, VikingsWire.com. And then Monday, back at it with some trenches with Boone. We got Purple Daily on draft, Drake May, and the Gophers. Ayo. For those of you that have moved into like scouting quarterbacks and draft picks, yeah. Purple Daily on draft is the place to be. It's the only daily, or I should say weekly, regular, year-round show that looks at Vikings and draft in the same sort of prism. So that'll be a, a can't-miss show uh, Monday. All right, boys. Good stuff here. We're uh, we're moving on, moving on to the Chargers, moving on to Los Angeles. Chargers, the Chargers, Chargers. Here at Purple Daily, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.